Welcome to the Real Hill Podcast, a ministry of Bunker Hill Christian Church in Bluff City, Tennessee. Our goal is to seek, serve, and grow to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Join us weekly for a behind-the-scenes look at what is going on at the Hill and how you can be a part of what God is doing. I'm your host, Sarah B. And I'm Grant Foster, lead minister here at Bunker Hill. And I really hope you will journey with us as we try to create a place where church comes home. All right. We're thrilled to bring you this first episode of the Real Hill podcast. Grant, are you excited to kick things off? I am so excited. I I don't even know what to do with myself, but I am really excited because I'm I'm, I'm just so interested in the way that this is going to go because you have worked so hard to put this together and I'm just really excited to see where this is going to go from here. Oh, well, thank you so much. I think part of our shared vision for this is just to have a way to connect with our church family and you know the community, uh, greater community as well. Um, we want to get thoughts on what we're talking about on Sundays and we're in the middle of the Love Better series. So we want to be able to discuss that you know, off the pulpit and in the aisles, you know, with our friends, yeah. with our family. So I'm really excited about how we can, you know, hear from people, incorporate some questions that you might have gotten and just kind of see where this new path takes us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So let's jump right in. Um, as I mentioned, we're in the Love Better series. It's been really great yeah. to kick off the year. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the topics we just covered on this past Sunday was the topic of shame, which I know can be really difficult for people to talk about. So I just thought I'd ask you a couple questions and just see like what feedback maybe you've gotten. Yeah, Absolutely. Great. So we did discuss the topic of shame and the role it plays in our lives. So what do you think the church gets wrong about shame? So, you know, I, it's so interesting because I think um, just in my years in the church growing up in the church, just to kind of let you know, you know, my background was, you know, I, I grew up in a wonderful Christian household, great parents. Um, my dad served in ministry for years. My mom volunteered in the church uh, for years, playing the piano and teaching Sunday school and all kinds of things. And, you know, I've, I've always been fond of the church, but one of the things that I, I really think I saw kind of develop, uh, even, even I guess around my teenage years was just in a lot of ways, how we kind of format our teaching and what a relationship with Jesus is about. I think a lot of times there's just this really strong focus on that. A relationship with Jesus is more about whether you can get things right or wrong. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times we almost create like this uh, unforeseen checklist, you know, and, and I don't, I, I don't blame any of, you know, any of the, my, my pastors or my teachers growing up. And I'm sure a lot of listeners out there probably wouldn't either, but sometimes when we're, we're teaching uh, about Jesus, we tend to focus only on the idea of uh, what a concrete right and wrong is. And, and so we, I guess, unknowingly create this idea that God is just sitting up there with a big checklist and he's just watching our every move and he's just taking a snapshot of every time we mess up. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, that, that created uh, slowly 
this uh, distance in a sense with God, because I thought, you know, I, here I go messing up again, you know, and, and I don't know what, what was your experience like that, with that growing up? I mean, did you ever feel kind of like there was this checklist over you or, or where, where did you see shame in, in your, um, I, I guess, in your experience with the church? Yeah. And uh, like you, I grew up in a, a wonderful Christian home and uh, church has been a part of my life since, you know, I was dedicated as a baby. And uh, for yeah. me, it really showed up as a, a teenager because mm. um, in my house, for better or for worse, you know, I was the one that questioned things. And we know now that questioning things can be healthy. But in yeah. my house, it was kind of shameful if you, you know, asked a question about, well, why do we have to go to church or, you know, why is this wrong? And, you know, it wasn't really encouraged to question, you know, biblical truth ever. So for me, a lot of shame I had was, am I a fake Christian? Like, um, you know, and I wouldn't tell my parents stuff I was struggling with. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, deal with the shame, putting shame on them. And it wasn't until I got to Liberty University, a wonderful Christian school, that I really started to become my own person, you know, be able to question things. And, you know, a lot of that shame was lifted once I started to be real with God and honest with God and not try to hide away, you know, the questions I had. Yeah. And I see that's that's what I see or, or what I think as well is there's there's this um, almost this because I said so <laughs> mentality. You know, if if you get in and, and you're growing up in the church or even if you're just new to the church, it's very easy for us to kind of fall into this construct in a sense. It's already there that it's, uh, you know, well, why don't we do this? And, you know, if, if we ask that, it's almost like a lot of times we get the response of, well, it's because it's what's scripture says it's what you're supposed to do. It's, and all those things are true. Like, I, I don't want to in any way belittle the truth and the power of scripture because it is absolutely foundational. But what I think we've done as the church, just my opinion for whatever it's worth, I think we've done really, really poorly on encouraging um, an understanding of uh, being able to ask why and and being able to teach the why as well instead of just saying this is the way it is and i think if you look back through scripture if you look at some of the heroes of of the the um, story of god there are times when their strength and their relationship with god was because he explained the why but they also were allowed sometimes to ask the why for instance like i always think of david you know and it, it talks about him being a man after god's own heart if you read through some of his psalms you can hear the anguish in his voice like why is this happening why do i do this and so i i I think that's part of God allowing us um, to have that that real relationship that that says it's okay to ask why, you know, but there is this desire, and I think there needs to be a desire to find the truth to the why, if that makes sense. And so I think one of the areas that the church has done really poorly in when it comes to shame is we've just created a do's and don'ts list, and we've made that the relationship. Uh, with God, instead of saying a relationship is formed on this on this truth, on this real uh, idea of of how you can be with God, you know, um, instead of just seeing Him this overarching fig figure that is waiting for us to mess up. 
Absolutely. And I think one of the images I would get when I would avoid going to church or being around other Christians was, you know, I get the part that shame, you know, sin separates us from God. That was hammered home. But what wasn't hammered home is that Christ died for us. He covered our shame. You know, he died a shameful death on the cross, death of a criminal to cover over, to forgive us if we repent and ask for his help to cover that shame. And I think that's what we sometimes de-emphasize is that, yeah, we know sin separates us from God. And, you know, in the garden, Adam and Eve had that shame. And that's the thing. That's the beauty of the gospel, though, that we are, you know, God does forgive us. He has already borne our sin and shame. And I think if we can do anything at Bunker Hill is I want people to walk in and feel comfortable, no matter where they're at, comfortable coming before God, whether they need to repent or they need to be renewed in their faith or just get that joy back of worshiping with the body of Christ. We want people to come in and not feel like they're not good enough or God doesn't want to hear from them. And we never want um, people's shame to keep them from, from learning more about God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that is um, one of the things that we try to focus on. And, and I think just to be real, because that's what we're trying to be here, you know, I I would say that, you know, the hard thing is even when you come in here, there are still going to be those moments because we're human where people make the wrong assumptions. Um, They make the, they, they come up with the wrong ideas and preconceived notions. I would love to say that every person that walks in here never feels that. And I would love to say, you know, eventually we're going to get there. I hope we do. We continue to seek after that. Um, but I, I think that's one of the th- the things that's part of the church. And and we're still, as the church, not just Bunker Hill, but as the church, I think that's something um, that as time goes on, uh, we have to increase in when it comes to this idea of really loving better. Because you can't love better if you're sitting there weighing yourself against others or constantly weighing other people out. Amen. So, that's exactly it. And that, that is a big way to love better too. That can help all of us. You know, we've all been on both sides of shame, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Really yeah. yeah. So my next question, and this is something that I, I've always thought recently, but you know, we do live in a culture now that does promote being shameless. So mm. we just look at TikTok, we look at streaming yeah. platforms, the different shows that are being, you know, presented to us, and, and we see the effects of having no shame. As followers mm. of Christ, how do we balance those two extremes? Because they are awfully extreme. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me say this first, (laughs) as I as I speak to this, you know, I appreciate the question, but I I also want to say in my answer, uh, I am not the supreme authority in any way of of how all Christians uh, should respond. Um, But I I would say some of the things that I've taken away um, as I've watched um, just kind of this culture on social media, um, and uh, not just social media, but our our, even in our um, interactions now with one another, excuse me. Um, I I would say that uh, one of the big things I've noticed is that one of the things that we tend to put out in front of people, it is our unashamed uh, avatar. I guess that's a good way of putting it. Maybe not. Does that make sense? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, we create this this image, um, this false persona, which I think most people know now. I think I think people in some ways have gotten used to that. That what you see on the page or what you see on Instagram or whatever, it's it's not necessarily the truth. I think we're opening up more to that. But I think that in itself uh, is actually a result of shame still. 
And let me explain what I mean. Um, you know, one of the things I talked about in the sermon uh, on Sunday was that, you know, when we talk about arrogance, uh, it, it, arrogance in itself um, can actually be uh, a result of shame. And you think, well, that just sounds the opposite of shame. You know, arrogance is, you know, I'm, I'm great at this. I'm perfect at this. There's nothing wrong with me. But what I find a lot of times with arrogance uh, that you see with people is that they are actually trying to draw your attention to something else that they're really strong in or really good in so that you don't ask questions or look back or you don't notice their shame. At least that's, that's what they're, they're visualizing is I've got to look really good over here. I want people to know how great I am now because if they knew who I was or the mistakes I've made, then they wouldn't see me as that great. Does that mm. make sense? You know, I, I think that, I, I think that it's, I think that's what you see a lot of times with what we're calling shamelessness. You know, um, I think that when you look at the social media platforms and what people are putting out there, they're saying, I want you to look over here. I want you to see this, the, the fact that, you know, I've got it all together, um, that I, I have the best meals. <laughs> uh, I'm the best mom. I'm the best dad. I'm the best, whatever. Um, I, I want you to see this side of me. Because if you truly saw this side of me, you probably wouldn't throw me that like button or that love button or whatever, you know, and, and I think that is a result of us still covering up our shame. Um, and I know that doesn't answer your question directly. So me, let me, let me throw you my two cents on that as well. You know, um, I think our response as Christians, you know, how do we keep from falling into this trap? of, of shame, I think is important. And, and I don't, I, I, I wouldn't say, unfortunately that I, I would say that unfortunately scripture does not point directly to how we deal with social media and what we put out there. And, you know, I've heard the arguments of idolatry, you know, that a lot of times we're creating graven images of ourself, um, which, you know, that that's for people to decide where they see that. Um, I think it easily could be a, a form of idolatry when we're just seeking, uh, the number of followers or we're seeking um, the, the most likes or the greatest insights because we're, you know, we're wanting to idolize ourselves, our persona in a way. But the one thing that that really has uh, always hit me uh, when it comes to anything like that is um, I, I can't tell you exactly where the line is. I think the big thing for us is that as Christians, we shouldn't want to get anywhere near the line, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. I yeah, think, and, go yeah, ahead, yeah. go ahead, yeah. Well, what I would say, this is really good. And I think another thing to think about is shame can be used as a tool to lead us to repentance. So there is a reason why we're shamed when we, we sin against someone, sin against God, because it's it's the Holy, I believe it's the Holy Spirit convicting us. Like this was mm. something I shouldn't do. And if I didn't mm -hmm. have any shame and I, you know, I became kind of my own God in a way, like I can do whatever I want. I'm living my truth and just, you know, not, not accountable to anybody and, you know, not giving a, a place for shame. There is a place for it. It's just when Satan gets a hold of it, it keeps us from wanting to come to God rather than shame leading us to that repentance, leading that um, us to recognize, you know, maybe something we need to change in our lives. So I think that might be where the line is, you know, where, where Satan can get a hold of it and make it something that it's not supposed to be. 
Well, yeah, and I think if we were to put it into the to the words of or the the vocabulary that we're using, if you think about that, I think the difference is shame is that you know, like I talked about uh, uh, in, in this past sermon, that it's that embodied emotional uh, experience. You know, that it's it's like we we literally our, our our soul, our physical presence wants to hide, wants to turn away from it, and I think that's what shame is. Where I think in in some ways, if we look at what the spirit does, as you said. And, and Christ uh, says this, that he'll be the one that convicts the world, you know, not us, uh, but the spirit. And I, I think part of the conviction is understanding that this is just wrong in who you are. Like, this is not what you were created to be. I think that's what conviction is, is that it's that inner uh, pull to understand this is not what you were created to be. There's something off in your, you know, whatever you want to say, programming or design. You're not going the direction you're supposed to. But the spirit, I don't think, holds that feeling of guilt over us you know it's more so that we turn back uh for what's better for us if that makes sense uh, but does. that's just my opinion you know so yeah i think um, it's really good and everyone deals with shame differently some of us um are much easier for us to give that over to god others of us hang on to things and or maybe bury them so we don't even know that we're hanging on to them so i think it'll be really interesting to see how people you know respond to this teaching and see maybe what questions it brings up so yeah. I'm really glad to have this dialogue. It's a really important topic. And, you know, sometimes it takes people a little bit to process from Sunday morning. And you know, we want to just give people the chance to, you know, kind of mull over the scriptures we've shared and you know, was there a scripture you did want to share on this topic? Yeah, we wrap I, I, well, and and based on what we just said, you know, one of the scriptures I think about is in Romans 12, um, and it starts in verse three. And I think it's really interesting because I think it kind of deals with this idea of how we see ourselves, whether idolatry or, or living above shame, whatever it is you want to say. But in verse three, it says, for by grace given me, I say to every every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So in other words, by, by the grace we're given, we shouldn't want to present just this hierarchy of ourselves or this prestigious side only, you know, that, you know, we're just kind of up here above the clouds of everybody else. And we want everybody to look up to us. It's just by the grace that we're given, remembering that God is the one we should be looking up to. And that's the only one we should be uh, really casting a perfect image of and not so much about ourselves, but really uh, others around us. So. Amen. Well, that, that really, I think that did a great job kind of recapping what we talked about on Sunday and also kind of a take, a personal take that we may both have on it. So thank you so much. Um, this has been really good. I hope we can continue yeah. the dialogue and you know, see where this goes. I'm just so glad to have our uh, podcast started and we hope that it'll be a blessing to people, um, not just in our church, but in the listening community as well. You've been listening to The Real Hill Podcast. Please visit us online at bunkerhillchristian.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bunker Hill Christian Church. Thanks so much for joining us and be blessed this week.